Today's message is going to come out of the book of Matthew. I'm going to get there in a moment. Uh, I'm not there yet, but um, essentially we're going to talk about Joseph today and the process to which he had in bringing Jesus into the world. Um, can you imagine the pressure that would be on an individual that was going to be the parents of the Savior of the earth in raising and parenting that? Uh, as I thought more about both of their roles and what it played like in them, I thought how um, difficult it must have been for Joseph. But being a parent is one of the greatest honors in the world, and, and just working with kids at all. Some of you guys are teachers, and what I've realized is like in, in the commandment to disciple others, there's such a wonderful thing to be able to work with children at all because of how impressionable they are and how willing they are to soak in information. And so being involved in a kid's life, being able to mentor them and display really in, in, in your life what it looks like to model patience and what it looks like to model love and generosity, it's an honor. And, uh, and Joseph, uh, what's kind of neat about the life of Joseph is he wasn't uh, the father of Jesus. He was the stepfather of Jesus. And, um, and, and I don't know if you... Uh, have uh, any of you are step parents here? But I had step parents, and I can tell you for their sake, there's some confusing moments, and uh, I created some really uncomfortable moments for them in 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 their life uh, because their intentions are 100% to be involved and to coach and to parent, and uh, and sometimes the kids can make it kind of confusing. And I don't know if you can imagine the pressure what it would be to to father the son and the savior of the world, of the universe, you know what I mean? Like, how do you tell Jesus that he can't give away all of his shoes every week? You know, like, Jesus, look, I, I made those shoes for you, okay? Like, it cost me a lot. You, you, if you do it again, listen, or I was thinking this morning what it would be like for Joseph. Can you imagine, like, Jesus, or Joseph saying the Lord's name in vain? <laughs> all the time, because it would sound like this. It would sound like, stop bouncing the ball in the house, Jesus. <laughs> That'd be terrible, you know? Like if the, Jesus looking at him, are you threatening me? Because I'll tell him, you know? <laughs> like, and uh, like, all right, look, pressure's off. And I always think it's funny that, uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Joseph doesn't appear in the rest of the life with Jesus, you know? And so I always think, like, sometime when he was, like, 14 or 15, Joseph got a, he lost his patience somewhere, you know. He, he lost his character. And God the Father just zapped him. <laughs> like, that's my boy. You know, just, I don't know. But some bad, bad jokes there. But um, I just think it's, yeah, just dad jokes. Those are dad jokes. I got some really bad dad jokes. But um, so we're talking about the life of Joseph this week, and I thought about how, how crazy it must have been for him to jump into this role, this very unexpected role, especially for him. And uh, so I'm going to make some assumptions today into the story and the life of Jesus, but we're just going to go into the book of Matthew together, Matthew chapter 1, and we're going to pick up right at verse 18, and I'm going to read for you just a little bit. The story starts off by saying this, and this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. Let me just stop there. The mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. Now, I, um, these are going to represent the life of, I have to go. So this is uh, my man Joseph here today, and this is going to be uh, my girl Mary here. And um, 
We don't know a whole lot. Uh, we don't know how old they were. A lot of different scholars vary on, on the opinions. Um, but what I've studied over the last several years is that most people would believe that Mary probably would have been found in her young teens. Um, and Joseph would have been found somewhere in the young adults. We can say that maybe Mary was a, an older teenager and maybe she was a young adult uh, from 18 to 30 or whatever. But uh, and maybe Joseph was older than that. Maybe he was younger. We don't really know. And the story doesn't go into those details. But what we know is that they were pledged to be married. Now, you have to go back into biblical times, and, and so I, I don't know all the details to this scenario, because there were moments where people fell in love, and they just got married, and there were moments where there was an arranged marriage, where someone said, hey, Joseph makes a lot of money, and he does this, and so Mary, uh, guess what? This is your new dude. Uh, but we do know that they... Um, they were pledged to be married. And so in biblical days, what you need to know before the story starts is that marriage actually started when there was an agreement. Um, so at the pledging, they were already married. And you're going to see that as the story unfolds here in Matthew chapter uh, 1, verse 18. So they were pledged to be married. Uh, but before they came together, she found to be pregnant. Wait a second. Before they got married, okay, so Joseph's living his life, he's going along, and I don't know if he's 18, if he's 25, if he's 30, but you can understand that if this man was living any life, uh, he would have had certain ideas or dreams of what marriage was going to look like for him, right? I do marital counseling a lot, and um, I, I, what I love about premarital counseling is it's, it's crucial, I believe, because there is a lot of mentalities that we go into life assuming that marriage is going to look like this. And um, I don't know if you've ever uh, entered into any relationship with anyone, but what I've learned is that just about no relationship that you enter into with just about anyone looks like what you thought it was going to look like because you can't control that other person. Does that make sense? And so uh, as you do life together, there's a lot of compromise and there's a lot of, well, I was assuming that we were going to go to my parents' house on Christmas <laughs> Well, we're not, Jack. So, and so uh, there's a lot of assumptions. And so I would imagine that just based on the life of a normal human, that Joseph probably thought that marriage was going to look like this. So he probably thought that they were going to uh, get married. They were going to get a house together, um, that he was going to provide for the family, and then they would have kids. And, uh, and their kids would, you know, go on to do great things. And Mary would cook great stew every day for Joseph as he came home tired. And she'd rub his feet by the fire. And they'd, you know, whatever. I don't know what he thought, but I imagine that he assumed that it was going to be a certain way. And the scripture says here, what we find is that Mary, uh, after being pledged to Joseph, she was found to be pregnant. And this is going to be a really big, like, timeout. Wait, what? Hold on, wait, what? Hold on, wait, what? Um, and so I don't know, but in my scenario, I would imagine that Joseph thought it looked one way and life presented a different scenario. I'm gonna stop there for just a minute because I believe that there are some people here today and it's been like this in my life in multiple scenarios where I had a dream of what I thought life was gonna look like. And then I found that my reality was nothing like what it was. And so Joseph was already committed in a relationship with a woman, and now there's life change. And that is hard 
What did you think your life was going to look like at this point in your life today? Does it look like where you thought you, does it look where you are? Does it look like what you thought it was going to be? And for a lot of people, I would say that the answer is no. Uh, and for Joseph, he got a pretty big eye opener. And so what I found is that my reality doesn't always match my dream. And I think sometimes in those moments, it can be suffocating and exhausting. And we don't know how to move forward in that because it can feel like you failed or that maybe God let you down or something terrible happened. But I, I believe that Joseph probably felt duped. And uh, I'm going to explain that to you here in a second. So, so he found that she was pregnant. And then what's crazier is that she was pregnant with, through the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, I have also found in my life that when my reality doesn't match my dream, that it oftentimes feel like I'm the only person ever going through that circumstance. When my reality doesn't match my dream, I feel alone. And I've, I, what I've learned is that many times it's, a, it's, a, it's an isolation where we kind of feel trapped or like it's, it was our job to fix it and we couldn't and God didn't. And so now how do I get out of this circumstance? But in this circumstance... Joseph, uh, so we feel like we're the only person in the world going through it, but in this scenario, Joseph really was the only person in the history of mankind to ever go through this problem. And uh, you have to wonder, like, what was he thinking? Like, yeah, right, sure, you're pregnant through the Holy Spirit, Mary. <laughs> Aren't we all pregnant with the Holy Spirit, Mary? <laughs> And I'm sure that that was a frustrating time. And now and I, you think I'm just playing play on words, but if you were to put yourself in the circumstance, there's going to be anger. There's going to be frustration. There's going to be some resentment. There's going to be some hard feelings that happen when she gets to tell him, man, I, I almost wonder what it would have felt like for Mary to try to explain to jo Joseph, <laughs> uh, how's your dinner? Good, good. You know, anyways, I have to stop because that's not part of my sermon. So um, she's pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now, verse 19, uh, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law. Let me stop there. Joseph, what we know about Joseph was that the Bible says that he was faithful to the law. So we know that he loved God. We know that he was, so they define him as a person who is faithful. And this is difficult when, when you're doing everything that you can do in your life to make your dream come true. If you've been faithful, it feels worse when your reality doesn't match your dream. Because it's like, dude, I've been committed. I've, I've been right. Like, God, I've been righteous. Why isn't this working for me? And so it's harder when you can't find an equation where you've done wrong and your reality isn't what you thought it was going to be. Like, I thought, God, you gave me this woman. Like, this was a God dream. I, was, I, I did right, and so you brought this woman into my life, and we were going to do this together, and all of a sudden, she's not what... There was a story in my life, uh, there was, it's about 10 years ago now, where I was uh, in a job where it was a, a great job, and I was pretty successful at that job. In fact, I believe that I was, in that time, I was one of the more successful people in a job like that, where I, I held many positions and many titles, and I was doing very well in all of them, and me and my wife were pregnant, and um, let me rephrase that, my wife was pregnant, uh, but if you, we are pregnant, and so... Um, I had gotten word early on in, in, our, in, in that 
pregnancy that I was no longer employed at a job that I was faithful at. And you go through a lot of questions like, man, why would you do this to me? And what happened? And I did all these things right. And I blah, 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 blah. And you find all of these questions and questions and questions and questions. And you feel very much alone and trapped. I can remember uh, the new job that I got and what it felt like to drive 45 minutes to work, crying, asking God, why? Why this? Why now? Like, I was right. 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 And uh, I remember now knowing that, um, in hindsight, it's not necessarily about me at all. In fact, like, this situation was set up for me. And in the moment, it feels like God ruined the dream. In the moment, it feels like this reality is not fair, like it doesn't make sense, and I'm trapped, and I'm, suffering, and I'm in this situation, and I'm, I'm committed, and now my life is ruined, and you blame the Lord, and you might blame people, but I, I want to let you know that in this scenario, and in my scenario, I found that that was a blessing for me, because had I maintained that job, there was a lot of politics and a lot of things that were coming my way that I was too young to navigate through, and it would have most definitely ruined me. And that was a blessing. And it was hard and it was difficult, but it prepared me. It helped me become a man. And I think in the trial that you're going through in that storm, it's helping you process if you can believe God for it. So anyways, it says that he was faithful. And let me take it another further. He was faithful to the law. So Joseph loved God. And I believe that he felt like because he was faithful to God, that God gave him this woman. Because you were faithful to God, God gave you this job. Or because you're faithful to God, he gave you this house. Or because you're faithful to God, he gave you these people. Or he gave you this church. Or he gave you this community. And Joseph was faithful to the law. Now what's important about that is you understand that he was actually faithful to the book. He did everything in the book. He was consistent to come back to the book, to read the book, to follow the book, and all the ordinances in the book. Does that make sense? Now, why they're telling you this detail, that not only was he faithful... But he was faithful to the law is because what's about to happen next. So it says that um, Joseph was faithful to the law, and yet he did not want to expose her, Mary, to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. L- let me explain to you. Joseph was torn. He wanted out of this relationship as quickly as he could. He wanted to marry someone that he felt was, was, was godly and was righteous and had character because he was godly and righteous and had character. And he found out she was pregnant and he wanted out. Like, I don't know what's going on or where you thought, but it doesn't match up with what I read. And you, this is wrong. The problem that he has is he, I see that he loved her. And why do I see that? Because he was torn. Because the Bible says... Genesis chapter 38, verse 24. And any woman who's unfaithful out of wedlock should be stoned. In other words, if Joseph wants to honor God now, he has to have this girl murdered. Not murdered, say, but we all have to gather around as a church and throw big rocks at her until she doesn't breathe anymore. That's a terrible scenario. To a sweet, cute, nice, innocent girl who I thought really loved God. And now if I want to obey God, I got to do this. And if I want to love her, I got to, what do I do? But I don't want to be with her. 
because she lied to me. And this is not the dream that I had. And so he's trying to think, do I stay with her? Do I leave her? Do we stone her? Do we divorce? How do, we, how do I do this quietly so that she, so there's no public humiliation? That's, that's a situation. I know that some of you guys are in a situation. This dude's in a jam. And what I learned is here in this situation, let me just take you to the next verse really quick. It says, it says this, um, after he had considered this, after he had considered her death, after he had considered her divorce, after he had considered what was going to happen with their, their lives. So you have to figure, he's now got to move. Because he can't let people know that, or now he's got to move her. Or maybe we both got to move in different towns. Because the people that know us can't know that I divorced you. This is bad. I mean, how do I hang my head in public knowing that I got someone pregnant? They're going to think it's mine. It wasn't anyone else's on earth. No one's going to believe her it was from God. I mean, this whole situation's a jam. The New King James Version would say this. He said, but after he thought about these things for a while. So he thought about it, and he thought about it, and he thought about it, and he thought about it. And one thing I want to make sure that we know as a Christian, that it's important for us to know, that in most scenarios in life, we have an opportunity while making judgment to apply grace or to apply truth. Truth is never a wrong thing. There's always truth in a situation. Like, you, truth is you did wrong, and this is the consequence. Now, if, if there's also grace is you've done wrong, but we're going to show love. And here's what I hope that you understand. In whatever situation you find yourself in, if you're in an authority figure, make sure that you know all of the details before you decide whatever you're going to decide. And make sure that love is shown in that process of grace or truth. Does that make sense? And make sure that if, if you're going to be wrong, I think that it's more important that we're wrong with grace. Like, I can be, if I give them another shot, I can be wrong again. And if I give them another shot, I can be wrong again. But if I just choose truth right off the bat, I can hurt somebody for a very, very, very long time. So I hope that you know what you're standing for when you decide to stand, because it can do damage. Because we represent someone much bigger than us always. Does that make sense? So Joseph was trying to figure out how does he do this? Now understand, he's not seen grace modeled before, right? Because he's about to give, the, the, the son is about to come. And uh, so here's what happens. Does this make sense so far? We have a dream and that dream doesn't match our reality. We have an idea of what we think life is going to look like. We have an expectation of what we think life is going to look like and it doesn't look like that. And I think that that is suffocating and that is difficult, especially if you've been faithful. I'm going to read to you the rest of it. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. Man. Because he will save the people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. 
When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. He did not consummate with her their marriage until after she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. I want to make sure you know that in your life, in your dream, whatever expectation you have, it's going to be difficult. Bottom line. Any dream that you have, any idea of what the future is going to look like, if it doesn't cost you something, it's probably not worth dreaming. Bottom line. But Joseph had a dream about marriage. He had a dream about children. And after he decided to obey God, what it, it did still cost him a lot. There was a great honor that God chose him to be the father of the son of Jesus. But that doesn't mean it was by any means easy. First of all, he had to marry someone, live with someone, take care of her. Guys, some of you know what it's like to be with a woman who's in hormonal situations. I mean, it, it has its moments, you know. And Joseph never consummated that relationship. He wasn't on the rewarding end of, of a lot of these scenarios. And I'm not trying to be like graphic or any of these things. But Joseph's decision was only that to serve. Like it was 100% unselfish now for him to choose her as his wife. He was obeying God and rewarding her, taking care of her, providing a home for her, going to work, bringing home his money to make sure that they can bring in that baby into the world as his own. And that was gonna be difficult. And then to be the stepfather of that little baby. It would be difficult for Joseph as a stepfather to discipline this little baby Jesus, knowing that God the Father was looking over his shoulders at every single moment. You know, it'd be like having a babysitter all the time, except they're on camera. You know, I don't know, okay, because God's watching you always. I just see it that way. I'm sorry, I'm weird. So here's what I want you to kind of hear. Uh, today we're talking about the dream, and the dream kind of gone wrong. And if you're in a circumstance or you're approaching the Christmas season and your dream doesn't match your reality, I think that there's um, one main thing that you should do, and then I'm going to give you three points, so we're going to close it. And I, I, I prayed about this a great deal, and I really feel like this is... When your dream doesn't match your reality, it can be a really confusing, suffocating moment. And moments, and it can be a season, and it can be almost a lifetime. But what I found in the season when I had lost my job and uh, it was one of the darkest times in my faith, in my relationship with Christ, this is what I had to do. And it's one point. And I think that when you don't know what to do next and it doesn't make sense and you feel like you're in a corner, you simplify your faith. What is it all about? And what is the basic of this thing? What do I believe and I remember crying, praying, and just reminding myself, I, what do I believe? Who are you, God? I, well, I believe that you're with me. I believe that you love me. I believe that you're good. These are things that I believe. And I oftentimes had to say them over and over and over and over and over and over again because when your reality doesn't match your, your dream, it can be painful. Like at work, in a relationship with a loss of a loved one, with the dream that you want to come to pass that doesn't seem to be happening, in a financial scenario, there's a lot of moments where like, what about me? This isn't fair. 
And I think in those moments, you've got to simplify your faith. And I, 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 I thought of three things that I want to encourage you that I believe that the Lord specifically gave me for someone today whose dream doesn't match the reality. Three things. One, stay committed to him. Stay committed to Jesus. Stay connected to Jesus. I, what, what I mean by that is that I want to make sure that um, in moments where you feel that maybe God is not faithful to you, I've learned that I've asked a lot of dark questions in moments like that. And in Scripture, I see people doing the same thing. For example, in the Bible, there's this story that Jesus talks about of this, the greatest man that's ever lived. Do you know who that was that Jesus said was the greatest man that's ever been born of a woman? John the Baptist. You're the man, Bill. And uh, John the Baptist was the greatest man that's ever been born of a woman, uh, that, that is what Jesus said. And John the Baptist served God more faithful than probably any of us, went without anything that was great in his life, ate terrible food, preached the gospel, preached the gospel, preached the gospel. He made himself less so Jesus could make himself great. And in the later stages of John's life, when his faithfulness had probably reached a, a peak, John found himself in jail. And in jail, John asks Jesus, he says, he says to his disciples, hey, leave me, go to Jesus and say this, are you the one or should I expect someone else? You know what I found in moments where my dream didn't match my reality is I found myself questioning God. But God, why are you, do you love me? Do you care for me? Why would you do this to me? Why would you let this happen? Where, when is this gonna happen? Why, what? And, there was, and what I've learned is that questions begot questions. And questions begot questions, and questions begot questions. And what I mean by that is that, unfortunately, I, I don't know how, how God works with you, but I have found with a lot of people that I walk hand in hand with, is that when we begin to question God and ask God questions, he doesn't necessarily answer them. In fact, you just end up with more questions. And you get overwhelmed by those questions. And those questions will make you feel alone and in a dark place. And so I want to encourage you to stay connected to Jesus. Pray simple little prayers that will remind you and pray them over and over and over again, even if it's for nothing else but for your spirit to know this is what I believe. I believe that God loves me. I believe that God has a plan for me. I believe that God is with me. And I believe that God's going to get me. And I would say simple things like that over and over and over and over again because I had to get my mind to believe what my heart believed. The second thing I know that happens in a dark place is I want to encourage you to do this, is to stay connected to people. What I've learned is that when people's reality doesn't match their dream, there's an ability to push away from people. There's, a, there's an ability to separate, create space. Like, I feel alone right now, and you don't understand where I'm coming from. This happens to a lot of people. The first thing that John the Baptist did was he sent his disciples to Jesus. Just leave me. I don't want to do this alone anymore. And people have a mentality of isolating themselves and putting themselves alone. And what's terrible about being alone is that there's no one else to tell you that what you're thinking is wrong. There's no one else to help you up. There's no one else to encourage you. There's no one else to be by your side. What you want to do is get someone on the phone and say, will you come and sit and watch television with me for 48 hours straight? Because I don't know what else to do but watch television right now, and I need someone to be with me. 
Being alone can be dangerous because it's, you're trapped in a world where all you see is what you see and you need to see something else. It's hard. I've seen people that have been hurt push away from relationships. They say, you know, if you've been hurt in a relationship, I'm never gonna get married again. I'm never gonna let someone treat me like that again. I'm never gonna, whoa, 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 whoa. Yesterday we had the marriage workshop, man, and one of the things, it was so, you go to the workshop yesterday, anyone? It was so stinking good yesterday. I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. One of the things he said yesterday is that we were designed to be with people. Not necessarily in, in a marriage, but we were designed to have relationship. So some of you are not called to be married, but you're called to have relationship with people. This is what we're designed to do. Even introverts, you have the best version of you is going to be when you're with someone else. Uh, it doesn't mean every moment of every day, introverts. I know how you guys are. You guys are weird people. Um, uh, I'm an extreme extrovert from what it turns out. Oh, yesterday I learned yesterday. Um, but you got to stay connected to people because that's where your life will grow. So if you find yourself in a reality that doesn't match your dream, don't disconnect from people. That's what Joseph almost did. When he found out that Mary was pregnant, the very first thing he wanted to do is divorce her. No. Stay connected. Find the truth. Find out what's going on. Wait and just wait, 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 wait. Be patient. And then the last thing I want you to do is when your dream doesn't match your reality, stay committed to serving. Why is this important? Because idle hands, man, they they uh it gets bad. When there's nothing to do and nowhere to go and you have time to think, 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 think and overanalyze, I do believe that faith without works is dead. I do believe that we were designed by people to be productive and do great things. And so even if you know that there's a dark hour that's ahead, you know, there's this uh, minister in Tampa, his name's Rodney Howard Brown, and um, he's done some neat things in his, in his ministry and stuff, but there was, you know, what's crazy is... Um, Years ago, he lost his daughter. His daughter passed away at a young age. And uh, Rodney Howard Brown, he went into a depression. He said he was a minister and he was preaching and he wasn't even believing the words that he was coming out. And, and, and he felt like God gave him a, a word to make the enemy pay for taking his daughter by reaching as many people as he could for Christ. And, uh, and I'm like, man, that's something. And so now what he did is it gave his, his loss gave him vision. And so oftentimes when we, um, when our reality doesn't match our dream, we go into isolation mode and we go into dark mode and we go into Oreo double stuff, triple stuff mode, right? And we go into like, woe is me and I build myself in. But rather, especially if you know that there's a date coming up on the calendar that's going to be difficult for you, make that date a day that you make the enemy pay for something. Make that a day of ministry. Make that a day of purpose. Make that a day of intention. It doesn't have to be a dark day. It can be a day that you do great things. So you don't, and this can be a beautiful thing that activates something wonderful inside of you rather than suffering and suffering and suffering. Like I'm not saying that it's not hard. It's gonna be hard. And it's, because when we care, we care and we care deeply. but I don't think that you have to pay the price again and again and again and again and again. I think that you can allow God to activate something inside of you that has great purpose. So if you're currently in a season where you're 
where your dream doesn't match your reality. Serve. I think that you were designed to do great things. A lot of the dreams that are inside of us is designed to help others. When we designed to get married, you know what, what's funny about marriage? Like some people think like, oh, I, but I thought that we were going to get married and she was going to. Marriage isn't about being loved. It's about giving love. That's the whole reason why we share vows. It's not if you love me. It's that I will love you. It's about someone else. Most of our dreams is about someone else winning. Let it be about raising the trophy and declaring that God is good. Let it, like whatever it is that's dream inside of you, it, it's, it's the worst when it's only about you. Make your dreams about others. Serve, 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 serve. So I want to make sure that I, I, I believe that, that if your dream doesn't match your reality today, that you stay connected to Jesus. Two, that you stay committed to people. Three, that you stay committed to serving. I think that this can navigate you through that season and help you find purpose on the other side. Does that make sense? Joseph did all of these things when he decided to obey God, marry that woman, and serve her and bring Jesus into the world. Rachel, would you come? Father, um, I thank you for what you're doing here in this room. And um, I know that there are dreams, there are ideas, there's expectations. Uh, when we sow, we want to reap. And I do believe that there is a reaping that happens when we sow financially or we sow in our careers. And I believe that there is something that when we sow uh, emotionally or with forgiveness or uh, when we bless someone, I believe that there is a reaping and we have an expectation of those things. There are some people here that are struggling because circumstances even outside of their control have happened and... It's hard. Uh, And I believe it was really hard for Joseph to figure out what his next step was. But I believe that you will walk with us. And that was the whole concept is that Joseph was picked to make it so that way Jesus came in the world, God with us. You want to be with us. And you're here. And you're walking with us in the circumstances of life right now. And some of these things are hard. I'm so grateful that you're with us.